Welcome to Psychocinematic, the podcast where we analyse depictions of mental illness and disability in popular film and TV. Before we start, this podcast is not designed to be therapeutic, prescriptive or constitute a formal diagnosis for any listener. For a longer version of this disclaimer, please check the episode notes on your podcast app. Hey guys, <laughs> how are you? Mouse is here. Hey, I'm here. We have Mouse Venezia with us today. Yes, you do. Thanks yes, for joining us for episode That's right. 21. So, Maz, are you watching anything in particular at the moment? I am at the moment watching The Great, which oh, I'm really enjoying. Okay. I didn't I really finish like the, the first season of that. I really like it. I think it's funny. Okay, cool. Um, but what I was obsessed with last week, which I finished, was Get Back by oh, The Beatles. Yes, I've got to watch it. Oh, my God. Oh, there's Steph, so much I, I have to watch. It was like. Because, okay, so every episode is, like, two and a half hours, and, like... How many episodes are there? Three. So it's, like, seven hours. But, yeah, it's real because, like, I'd come home from work, and I was just so excited to, like, be with the Beatles for the night. It was, like... <laughs> and it's just, like, half of it is just them just chilling out, doing nothing, and then the, the half it's them, like, writing these prolific songs, and, like, um, they obviously, like, they're pr- rehearsing songs, and then they show what takes they use for the album and then like you can slowly start hearing it like hear it start getting more and more like the actual song on the recording on the album and then they play the song that that ended up on the album and it's like oh my god oh my god uh i really want to watch it um nathan phillips who is a previous guest of the podcast um has been instagramming as he watches it and he's got lots to say about it (laughs) As a huge Beatles fan. What, does he like it? I think so, yeah. It's just such this little snapshot into the, and like you just, they're so funny. Like they're so funny. <laughs> and then like you hear that, there's this bit, I'm not spoiling anything because everyone's talking about it. Like um, at the end of the first episode, George leaves the band. Um, oh, fuck. He gets frustrated. Um, but it's like in like very George way. He's just kind of like, oh. I'm not happy. <laughs> um, and he like, we don't talk about our feelings here in Britain. Yeah. He, he gets up at one point and is like, well, I'm leaving the Beatles now. <laughs> and then walks off. And then apparently he said, um, I'll see you around the clubs or something. And that was it. Like, that was him getting angry. Like, that's... Yeah. Okay. Anyway, sorry. I haven't been very good at watching things at all. That's like, okay. I couldn't watch the... I couldn't finish the latest Bachelorette, even though I was like, I'm going to watch this. I've Every never knowledge. watched any of it. Uh, well, I was keen because Brooke is the first woman of colour queer p- person on mm, The Bachelorette mm-hmm. or, the, mm-hmm. or The Bachelor. And um, I didn't even get through like three episodes. Just I'm just so busy and I'm, I'm so behind with RuPaul's Drag Race. I've got, I haven't even finished season two of the UK one. <laughs> season three is finished. I haven't finished season one of the UK one. Like, I'm so behind on I I've kind of given up. It like, I love it. It's because it's like one of my favourite shows. It's just too much. And there's, a, I, there's been a lot of RuPaul's Drag Race. There's a, just a lot of Drag Race. Um, but yeah, uh, just, I think everyone, if you're a Beatles fan, watch Get Back. It's just delightful, honestly. It's like changed me. Changed me. So what are we doing today, Maz? Why don't you tell us all and why we're doing this one today? Well, one of my very good friends, Ivy Garrison, actually sent me a TikTok. Um, oh, so it's all Ivy's fault. It's all Ivy's fault, yeah. <laughs> um, by a TikToker named Kata underscore Strophic. 
with a K. Um, we'll link in the notes or whatever. Um, and they're talking about how um, Cher from the movie, the classic movie Clueless, is coded as ADHD, as having ADHD. And they go through their reasoning as to why Cher probably has ADHD. And I watched it and I found it very compelling. And I would love any excuse to talk about Clueless because it's a fantastic film. And I have ADHD. <laughs> um, so I just thought this is a great topic. Let's let's explore. It was good when you sent me that because we've been thinking about doing a movie with ADHD in it and there's mm. not many out there that would warrant a, a whole episode. No. <laughs> like usually no. they're big characters and stuff in TV shows about school or whatever. Um, yeah, I couldn't really find any. But I, then Clueless, luckily. Um, I was looking at uh, characters in movies that are coded as ADHD or have ADHD. Um, just for background, um, there's not many. Um, so uh, Maria von Trapp from Silence so so of the Lambs. <laughs> <laughs> Sound of music. <laughs> um, she is often thought to have been ADHD. She's a very hyperactive woman. Um, she has an uncontrollable exuberance and she's very late all the time, um, which means she's not very well suited to be a nun, but she's good with kids. We love. Um, <laughs> Dory from Finding Nemo, allegedly, but I think one of the main points is that she can read, obviously the Wallaby Way Sydney bit but like she's so, so she's clearly smart but she oh, yeah, can't apply herself or whatever I just thought um, she had short term memory loss oh yeah that's also a point hey oh shut up um Daniel or uh, in Mrs. Doubtfire um oh uh, maybe um, I don't know there's what's his name <laughs> Robin Williams. Robin Williams. Yeah. There's a there's a lot that goes like I watched that for the first time a couple months ago and it's like there's so there's the massive breaches of consent and privacy and trust going on there, <laughs> which is more important to me than the ADHD. Um and Juno apparently. Well, oh, I was I yeah. actually said that. I'm not sure. I think she may even be diagnosed in the movie, but I'm not sure. But she, yeah, yeah. Now that you mentioned that, that does ring a bell because when we did Tully, um. I did later find out that Juno is supposed to be like, like Tully's supposed to be kind of a sequel to Juno. Like if Juno grew up and had a baby, actually did have a baby, a third baby. Um, so maybe we'll do, do Juno one day, but that's, uh, that's yeah. probably enough Diablo clarity for me for a while. <laughs> but um, these people also have ADHD. I'll list them off really quickly. Solange, Avril Lavigne, Pete Wentz, Justin Timberlake, Britney Spears, Jim Carrey, Ryan Gosling, Hilary Duff, Cameron Diaz, Kristen Stewart, Paris Hilton, Russell Brand, and Woody Harrelson. Amazing. Yeah, we love. It's funny love. how there's a, quite a few who um, are known in the media as being a little bit um, Zany. tricky. bit bit yeah. bit off the chain and like Britney mm. Spears, I mean, come on. Um, how come much on. has the media treated her badly over the years? Hello. She's free now. She's free now. Thank goodness. Yeah. But yeah, that's, that's really interesting. That's what I found. That's my contribution to the research. Awesome. So yeah, well, let's do Clueless. It, I guess it's a movie where it isn't stated that she has ADHD. It's not a plot point that she has ADHD. No. But it's also a good excuse to do Clueless. Oh, my God, yes. And, like... At the end of the year. <laughs> yeah, it's a Christmas movie. At the movie. end of the fucked no, up year. <laughs> yeah. Oh, my God, watching it as an adult in 2021, just delightful. Oh, my God. Obsessed. Still obsessed. It's like, such a good movie. It's 
It's it so much fun. And it's, and it's, for a 90s movie, it's like strangely unproblematic, honestly. Mostly. Mostly. <laughs> but yeah, you're right. You're right. When did you first see it? Like, what's your oh, history? Yeah, good question. I was at a friend's um, house and we put it on like the morning after a sleepover. And I just bloody loved it. It was just so good. And I remember I'd put it on like often, like, you know, we'd record it off the TV. Yeah, yeah, and, yeah. And put it on. And when mum had a babysitter, like when we had a nanny mm. when she was working. She wouldn't let you watch it? No, she'd let us watch it. But but whenever there was a swear, I'd be like, <gasps> pause, quick pause, oh, volume down. <laughs> swear? Didn't like Did they swear? Yeah, yeah times or just the s word or like you know. shit the shit. s word yeah, the s word <laughs> or or the word sex like oh you know, yeah the word sex was a swear word back then remember those times <laughs> we were so repressed um <laughs> what about Look, you i i don't remember watching it for the first time it was like one of those movies that just was and always will be mm. <laughs> like it was just around all the time it's like the Wizard of Oz and like Greece. Like I don't ever remember watching like I was probably watching it when I was like two. Yeah, yeah. And just it's one of those movies. Yeah. I have to mention this here. One of those movies that you're just referring to for me was Look Who's Talking. <laughs> and Amy Heckling, who did Clueless, like was writer, <gasps> producer, director, was also the same for Look Who's Talking. And Look Who's Talking too. And she was the producer of Look Who's Talking Now. Wow, and they are the worst movies <laughs> in the world. But I don't I remember. I was obsessed when I was little. And I, I didn't know what was going that. on. <laughs> but I loved it. And also, I, while I was doing a deep dive about that, she also helped create, I think she just produced, um, a sitcom spin-off called Baby Talk, where a baby has the voice of Tony Danza. Mm. Just... It's like this the same familiar. plot as Luke is talking, but I watched a little clip of it on YouTube and it was so bad. I um I get confused oh between Luke is talking and Baby Geniuses. <laughs> well, look, I wouldn't blame you because they're both terrible movies. Excuse me, speak for yourself. What Baby hey. Geniuses? It's fantastic. <laughs> I haven't seen it since I was like that one six. was definitely done by how you, how did this get made. Um, <laughs> it's so funny. Kim hello. Oh, yeah. And Cynthia Nixon's in Big Baby's Day Out. Baby's Day Out. It is. No, that's a Baby. good movie. That's a oh. good movie. Is it? Baby's Day and, Out. I'd, it's a great whatever. movie. <laughs> so, yeah, Amy Huckling was great about Clueless, but she was terrible at other films. Although mm-hmm, she did mm-hmm. do Fast Times at Ridgemont High as well, which is a classic. But yeah, I've always loved it. I just think it's great. And now watching it as an adult, I kind of understand why I liked it so much. Because, spoiler, I feel like Cher just reminds me so much of myself. Well, there like, you go. Oh my God. Maybe I grew up to become her. But yeah, anyway, we'll get into that. Amazing. Um, well, shall I talk about the plot? Because Cher Horowitz lives the dream in LA in her dad's mansion. She has her best friend, Dion, and is in a really good school. Her dad is an important litigator who's tough on Cher, but they have a very caring relationship. Her mum died during a liposuction procedure. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Her ex-stepbrother, Josh, hangs around a lot, studying to be a lawyer, and appears to be a bit of a bugbear and kind of a counterculture influence to Cher's popular, lush lifestyle. What's a bugbear? Like, Like she's a pain uh, in the bum. Yeah, 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 yeah. 
She thinks she has it all figured out, but then after a bad report card, she pulls strings to improve the mood of her debate teacher and sets him up to fall in love with a fellow teacher. And it works. It works. She then decides to set her sights on Ty, Brittany Murphy. May she rest in peace. Oh, my God. A new girl at school who Cher decides is positively clueless. Mm. Ty Mm. allows the girls to make her over and become part of her group. They're genuinely very sweet and caring of her, but Cher decides she should date Elton, even though she clearly is more suited to the lovable skater pothead Travis. Mm-hmm. After a party, Elton drives Cher home and then makes a super assaulty pass at her, admitting he's in love with her, which completely blindsides Cher. I just imagine mm-hmm. her saying, I was just blindsided, like they do in all those shows, <laughs> those yeah. reality shows. Anyway. A dreamy new kid at school, Christian, piques Cher's interest, so she sets her own sights on him, only to discover, after trying extremely hard to woo him, that he is gay. Straight up gay. Straight Massive up gay. Gay. <laughs> gay vibes all around. What does he say? Dion's boyfriend, what does he say? He's a cake boy! He's a cake boy! <laughs> He's a scene dancing friend of Dorothy's or something like that. <laughs> and no, then he saying? says... He's gay. And then Dion's like, oh. <laughs> she doesn't she know doesn't what any of those things mean. He's a cake boy. <laughs> He's a cake boy. I don't even know what that's like. I don't know, but I love that. Are you a cake boy? Yeah, I'm a cake boy. Ty then becomes super popular and takes over Cher's role quite a bit, which leaves her feeling unmoored and clueless herself. It gets to the pinnacle when Cher fails her driving test, only to discover Ty has decided she needs to get Josh. So she's in love with Josh. Cher and Ty fight over this as Cher realises she's been in love with Josh this whole time. I mean, he's poor Rudd. And she realises she's a virgin who can't drive. Who can't drive. Cher decides she wants to be more philanthropic, which may be because of a boy. But don't diss her. Makes up with Ty, who clearly has bigger feelings for Travis, and she and Josh share feelings for each other. Mm. Her teachers get married and everyone lives happily ever after. It is basically the plot of Jane Austen's Emma. Rest in peace, Brittany Murphy. We've all seen it. We all love it. It's funny how, like, seriously, it gets, like, within, like, a minute she's narrating and we're in the story and she's choosing her clothes. Like, it gets, it like, the movie just starts so quickly and it's just, like, bang, bang, bang. And the music bang. used in it is so good. Like... Just that that start with um kids. What is it? Kids in America, or whatever. Yeah. Just like that. Oh my god! Like Ooh. I just I know it's clueless. Yeah. And then and then fashion by David Bowie while she's mm. picking out mm. clothes. Yeah, just classic, iconic, iconic. So I'm gonna even though it's not a movie about mental illness or disability at all. <laughs> in any way, um, I just want to talk a little bit about lived experience. Um, Please. I'll start with Amy Heckling. And I have not found anything. Um, okay. <laughs> but we always, we, we stand a director who tries to make something as close to reality as possible. And while like Clueless is definitely like a parody of Beverly Hills girls in high school, in rich mm. sort of society, when she wrote the script, she said that she really relates to the character of Cher. Mm. Um, Me too. And also Emma, which it is based off. I don't know if you realised, everyone, but it's based off Jane Austen's Emma. It really is. And I didn't realise that until I watched Emma. And then I was like, oh, 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 oh. <laughs> That's what <laughs> I was like. Did you oh. have an orgasm? <laughs> <laughs> 
Um, she based it on her experience of going to a Beverly Hills high school. Um, ah. And also she spent quite a bit of time in an actual Beverly Hills high school when writing it. And it was mm-hmm. actually made in a, in a real school as well. Um, and got in touch with like the lingo and the slang and stuff. Mm-hmm. Which also one kind one? of influenced, I think, Clueless influenced Australia's slang. Like, oh, you know, we all start saying hello and stuff like that. Um, I also did a little bit of research on Alicia Silverstone. Um, oh, did she get me, like, she didn't get me too. Did she get, like, blacklisted? Yeah. Like, I didn't really go too deeply into it, but she basically, like, she had a really good deal with, like, Paramount Pictures after this movie because mm. she was going to star in the TV series that was based oh, on this. that's right. Yeah. But then she signed this deal. And then she did, like, a couple of big films they all flopped and then we kind of never saw her again apart from in the babysitter's club tv series oh, reboot she was in scooby-doo so oh was she also she, she was, was in killing of a sacred deer but i oh. don't remember yeah she was actually i remember she she's funny because she looks like she's just her but older yeah <laughs> funny that but yeah. i did find out so she's a vegan and a really big like climate change animal rights activist but I think she's an anti-vaxxer, which is really sad. It's just kind of like that distrust of like, um, like modern science. Not yeah, like kind of modern medicine. The, the um, the institution of health. Yeah, um, like her son's a vegan. She's like he's like eight years old or something, and she both said he's had no medical intervention or medicine at all. So oh. hopefully he doesn't get COVID. Well, hopefully he doesn't get anything. Like what? Uh, how did he, he doesn't get like, a cold? Get through he's daycare. No immune system. Maybe he like, didn't go to daycare. Yeah, he do- He's Alicia Silverstone's son. He doesn't go to daycare stuff. No, he has a nanny. Yeah. Um, but yeah, uh, there is like some stuff about mental health that she has experienced, but she doesn't really elaborate. But just to finish off this section because there's not a lot in it. I did do a lot of reading about Jane Austen, who wrote oh. Emma. Feminist Have queen. you heard of Wait, her? Is Jane, is Jane Austen a queen? A uh, feminist I queen? I think she's a queen. Um, you know, she was fem- feminist in the time she was in. But, like, when mm. when she wrote, when she was alive and she wrote her books, she didn't put her name on any of them because women writers... Women writers. Went under pseudonyms. Female writers. What was her what was her pseudonym? She didn't have one. Bitch. She said Miss Bitch. Her first book was written by a lady. And then the second book was by the writer of the first book. <laughs> Is that what it was? Yeah, really? yeah, yeah. Like they, Wait, they didn't it, it, it put quotes, the writer of the them. first book. Yeah, something like that. Like by the same author as I think her first book was Sense and Sensibility. So yeah, by the same author. Of Sense and Sensibility. Oh, so, I watched Pride and Prejudice this year. So I went through, I must have gone through a period phase. I had my period a lot. <laughs> no, um, I watched Pride and Prejudice and then I watched Emma. I just was into being all like, hello, sir, what are you doing? You know what I mean? <laughs> exactly. I cannot bear it. No. No. <laughs> oh, I love it though. Like I rewatched oh, Emma. And it's mm. just delightful. Like just so did you watch in a mood? You, did you watch Anya or yeah, did you I watch Anya. Gwyneth? Uh, yeah, I yeah. Gwyneth. Oh no, I've seen Gwyneth before. Yeah, yeah. Um, but we will talk more about Jane and Emma in our bonus episode titled 
Becoming Jane. Becoming Jane, which is also a movie I have seen. And we cover the movie Becoming Jane. <laughs> just, just to just to give you a little bit of backstory, please. Um, Jane Austen's classic novel Emma was written about Emma Woodhouse, who is a happy and wealthy woman who delights in interfering in others' relationships. She's a daydreamer. She mm. imagines herself a matchmaker, but misses critical details in her surrounding environment. Oh. She struggles with social interactions, misreading her friends' cues as she muddles haphazardly with their lives. Mm. Um, also, she's spoiled, headstrong, self-satisfied, and her imagination and perceptions often lead her astray. So, sounds a little bit ADHD. Oh, I think even, like... Yeah, from the reading I did, people seem to be a lot more convinced that Emma is has ADHD than I didn't really find anything about Clueless. No, same. But yeah, it's a pretty yeah. And from the descriptions I read, it did seem like it. But from watching Emma and watching Clueless, Emma is not as likable as Cher. I feel. I agree. I think Cher's yeah. And I think in Emma, she's more sort of socially appropriate. I mean, she's in Clueless too. Like she's she doesn't do anything silly, but um. Not that you're. <laughs> I'm gonna just put oh a foot in it. Oh my god! <laughs> no, like ah! I feel like Emma masks her ADHD better than mm. than Cher does. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's yeah. what I mean to say. Um, but wow. why I'm mentioning this is Jane Austen when she wrote when she was writing Emma, she says, "I'm going to take a heroine whom no one but myself will much like." Um, so I wonder if she saw herself in Emma. A little Jane bit. Jane Austen has ADHD. Is what Becoming Jane's about? People be- getting ADHD. I don't know. <laughs> you haven't seen it? <laughs> Mr. Perry, the doctor from Emma, says, I believe you have attention deficit hyperactive disorder, Emma. <laughs> I thought you were being serious. I was like, oh, really? <laughs> <laughs> um, just, just before I put a line under that, <laughs> obviously ADHD wasn't invented then. No. Invented. Oh, so it's made up. Okay. <laughs> wasn't diagnosed then okay so you know it makes sense that all those characteristics of emma weren't you know, considered a diagnosis or something oh, to yeah, be um pathologized at the time mm-hmm. um also emma and Cher are both very rich and you know supported so oh yes oh yes and yeah. they have people like ty they both have friends of lesser status that they try to improve it's True. to me. I just True. see it as a modern adaptation of Emma. Like it's just pretty much. It's pretty much like blow by blow. Like yeah, similar. it truly is. There's a few characters yeah. that don't exist. Um, yeah, but yeah, pretty much. So shall we move on to accuracy? So did you want to start talking about this, Maz, from your own experience? Well, basically, what I did watching it, I took a I took a bunch of notes about what I feel like are her ADHD traits, and I've kind of um, broken them down into symptoms. Oh, tell me, tell me, tell me. Okay, there's lots. There's lots. Do you want to tell us the um, what ADHD the criteria? Is? Yeah, well, let's talk about ADHD. What is ADHD? I don't fucking know. <laughs> <laughs> I just have it. So it's attention deficit hyperactivity disorder. Yes. <laughs> so you can kind of have two types of ADHD or a combined type. So there's um, inattentive 
And then there's hyperactive. So I think it used to kind of be broken down into ADD, which is more inattentiveness, and then ADHD, which is hyperactivity. But now it's just ADHD, hyperactive or inattentive type. And I have both. So Mm. I'm just riddled with ADHD. And like Cher... Like, I, I see myself very similar to Cher, um, where I was just, like, a, especially in high school, very social, um, hyperactive type of person, but didn't necessarily come across as someone who had ADHD. Um, because in women, it's very much underdiagnosed and kind of just, I don't know what the word, it kind of gets explained away by being a woman, maybe? Yeah, I think the way I sort of see it, because autism is similar in that it's less diagnosed in women and girls. Mm. Um they tend to mask it better. Yes, yes. Which is, I guess, you know, because of what society expects of you as a as a girl, there's more We're expectation very used to, to masking. Yeah, mask. Yeah. Yes. Whereas boys, it's okay to be boisterous because you're a boy, so mm. you get boisterous and then you get too boisterous. And, and yeah. as a as a child, like I, you know, I feel like there's the stereotype of um, boys with ADHD are just hyperactive, running around like running amok, and Look, I, I was probably doing pretty much the same thing, but in a way that was less, I don't know, I don't know what the word is, less, less annoying. No, I was still, I was annoying. Um, you, <laughs> yeah, a little bit annoying. No, not very much. Yeah, it was maybe just in a different way and less, yeah. um, it was more functional. Like yes. less, like you wouldn't get into physical trouble or anything like no. that. No. Yeah. And I would often, I get um, in trouble a lot for talking in class and that type of thing. Um, but at the same time, I never did that badly at school. I always did pretty well. And it wasn't until I was medicated that I did, like, I started to actually do as well as I should have been doing the whole time. But in primary school, I did pretty well. In high school, I didn't do that that great. But neither does Cher. <laughs> She's also a really smart person, so... And that's, that's good to mention too, because, um, there is a bit of a stigma that if you, I don't, I don't know, I don't see it that often myself, but you know, with any diagnosis, there's a stigma associated with it. And I think Mm. a lot of, um, you know, kids with ADHD get a really bad rap Mm. and are seen as those that don't do well at school, but Mm. that's not necessarily the case. No. Um, It's got nothing to do with your actual level of intelligence. No. And I think that, like, that's the first thing that I think I um, picked up on the most uh, with Clueless is the fact that Cher is, like, she's smart. Like, she's a smart person. She obviously cares about things and knows a lot about things. She's very well educated, but she just, she fails, you know, she doesn't doesn't do as well as she wants to do, basically. And I felt the same way! Um, and it's but, like she learns in a different way and yes. comes to conclusions in a in a way that makes sense to her. Like, even the debate scene where she's talking about the Hadians needing to yeah, come yeah. to America. Yeah. <laughs> she's referring she to a, a party. Garden party. Like, it makes... It, it's a, it's a, an appropriate analogy to me. Yeah. She's making, yeah, she's making an analogy that you have to come to in a roundabout way, but her, like, no one gets it because they're like, what? Like, why is she talking about the, the Hadians? She's talking about some little party. <laughs> um, and also, um, like, looking at, there's a shot of her grades card and she gets, like, she get, gets a 98% in geometry or something. Mm. So, like, she does well in subjects. It's just that sometimes... She can't apply herself. And we do, we see her daydreaming in class constantly. Yeah. Like, and she's constantly, like, the voiceover is just continually going. Yeah. 
um, watching it, I watched it with Ivy as well, and Ivy was like, she talks like she has ADHD. <laughs> so she's basically saying, like, she talks like you, Maz. Like, yeah. Which came first, Cher or Maz? Cher. <laughs> um, but she also, like, she's obviously very introspective. Like, she's always thinking, and, for, oh, my God, that's, like, I constantly have a narrative going on inside my head, and I will talk to myself all the time. <laughs> And then I'll talk to other people in my head and I have little fights and, you know, it's kind of being, it's more about trying to be a perfectionist, probably due to like having ADHD and um, Mm. always falling short. In my head, I'm constantly preparing answers and situations so that like... If scenarios arise, what to do in this scenario, A, B, C, D... Yeah, mm. or if I pick up something quickly, like if I'm learning something and not picking it up so much quickly, I'm just thinking about it all the time. So I'm like going over. I don't know, it's sense. kind of that hyper focus. Yes. Yeah. And I think that's one of the reasons why anxiety is common with mm. people with ADHD because yes, yes. when your brain does that, it's hard to get off that track. And yes. if your thought you're having is an anxious thought or being over prepared for something that can become. Just- distressing after all yes um and also like she you know she helps her dad like like her dad is a lawyer like a a litigator whatever sounds like the blandest most boring thing in the whole entire world and she's helping him with his case like she you know has a genuine obviously wants to help him out and is doing really boring work but she's smart she gets Mm. it yeah yeah exactly and like she knew who says what in Macbeth it was that genius guy (laughs) And, and that's kind of another Example of, like, she might not learn it through reading Macbeth, but mm. she knows Mel Gibson. Yeah. She knows. And she knows a different Mel way Gibson. of learning. Yeah. Yeah. ADHD, school is not great for ADHD. Should we go through the criteria for this two types of the inattention and the hyperactivity? Go for it, bitch. Um, DSM time. DSM time. So there's inattention, hyperactive, and combined. So the inattention, to meet criteria for inattention, you need six or more of these traits. Mm. The first trait is fails to give close attention to details or make careless mistakes. Tick. Tick, tick, (laughs) tick. For me. For me. So what are some examples for you? And not not you personally, but, or you can, but. Oh, I'm sure. Tell me your weaknesses, Maz. <laughs> um, in attention to, like, careless mistakes. Is that, like, you know, her being a terrible driver? Yes. Yes. <laughs> yes. She's like, oops, um, that guy came out of nowhere. And, like, literally in the first five minutes of the movie, we see her, like, run a stop sign. She's like, I totally pass. Like, <laughs> it's a it's a very, yeah, big running theme. When she's getting a driving test, she's um, pissed off about. Yeah, yeah. she's. Um, pissed off well she's thinking about how Josh was berating her and she just cannot focus and then she (laughs) destroys public property by the messiah of the DMV (laughs) also like she just doesn't notice her friends and people around her and like she like I thought that Elton was her boyfriend when I first watched this movie oh yeah she doesn't notice that he's she doesn't like like he's constantly touching and kissing her and she just doesn't notice that he's into her like what the hell (laughs) um and she doesn't notice that Christian's gay obviously no my favorite bit of the movie is when like they're sitting down with dinner with Cher and Ty and the dad and (laughs) she's like (laughs) she's like this is my friend Ty get in my chair (laughs) (laughs) that's the best I when I rewatched it I laughed at that again 
Um, and then, you know, Christian asked her, like, do you like Billie Holiday? And she's like, I love him. Like, I she's love him. not listening to anything. <laughs> she's just not even paying yeah. attention. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, and she doesn't even realise that she's in love with someone as well. And, you know, it's played for comedy as well. Like, when Ty's like, do you guys have any herbal refreshments? And she's like, oh, I got Coke here. Shit, you guys got Coke? <laughs> Not realising that she's talking about drugs. Like, yeah. She's talking about weed. Yeah. She's talking about weed and cocaine. <laughs> <laughs> I remember when I first watched that, I was like, Oh, that's a cool school that has Coca-Cola. <laughs> it is really cool, though. It's really cool they've got Coke. And I'm glad that Cher recognises, like, yeah, well, this is Coke. What does she say? This, this is America. Is America. <laughs> <laughs> um, so many jokes went over my head. Like, I yeah. just... The next one is, and it kind of relates, trouble holding attention on tasks or play, because usually it's kids who get diagnosed. Mm. Um, and, yeah, like, even when a friend is talking, like, Dion... Um, she zones out and isn't listening. Mm. She's doing a voiceover. Yeah. Um, I think like holding attention, like every time she's just kind of talking in her head and zoning out is a good example of that, Um, which is often. Even little bits. So like, so we get introduced to the teachers um, and she's like um, trying to find a partner for Mr. Hall. Yeah. She's describing all the teachers and then the camera cuts back to the Snickers bar and she goes, mmm, Snickers. <laughs> <laughs> I always love that so bit. So funny. <laughs> um, and, you know, at the end when she's, um, she's just had the fight with Ty and she's talking about it in her mm-hmm. head and then she walks past a shop and she goes, I wonder if they have that in my size. And then she comes yeah, out like She's having bags. a really deep and meaningful yeah. thought in her head and then, ooh. <laughs> yeah, so she's... She's very distractible, very yeah. much so. Yeah. Um, which is also another criteria, easily distracted. Oh, Tick. sorry, I thought, what were we talking about? Well, that we're holding attention on tasks, which is the oh. same. It's yeah. the same. This is why sometimes criteria isn't very good. But anyway, um, let's, maneuver, let's continue anyway. She also, you know, when she has her date with Christian, she puts on food. Oh, she yes. totally forgets it's in the oven. Like, oh, okay, this is me. But like... I will either be sitting, standing there staring at my food cooking or I walk away and it overcooks. Like it's, there's, no, there's no middle ground. Yeah. It's really frustrating because I'm like, hurry up and cook or I'm just, I'll completely forget. If I can forget it. Yeah. Yeah. But um, I'm sure many people. Which is stuff. another, also fits into another criteria, which is doesn't follow through on instructions, fails to finish jobs. So she started the baking process, but then yes. didn't finish doesn't it. finish it. And I also, uh, she, you know, she starts off with this matchmaking thing, but she tends to jump to onto things pretty quickly. Like, oh, she does complete her assignment with Mr. Hall and mm. Mrs. Whatever Which is, is. misguised. Misguised. What kind of spurs her to keep going. Yeah. Which is a far like, better thing doing stuff for other people. <laughs> <laughs> um, and I guess she, then she tends to tie and that doesn't work out. But then she, like, she's very quickly like, um, Elton, not Elton. Christian. Christian. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So she does jump from thing yeah. to thing very quickly. Yeah, that's true. No, there's uh, also a bit in the car um, when they're on the highway and they got on the freeway and it's the worst thing in the world. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I noticed, like, um, Dion and Murray, that's his name, the boyfriend. Murray. Um, they're, like, talking about driving and, like, on the road and stuff like that. And he's like, you know, what do you do next? Blah, 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 blah. And she's talking, like, Cher's talking. And then they have Murray and Dion have, like, that 
they're not learning to drive. And then Cher just immediately, like, launches back into her conversation. She's like, also, guys, like, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, like, it's probably not the best time to have that conversation with yeah, She's yeah, trying yeah. to, like, get from A to B. So she, yeah. Just the way she's, like, sitting in the back, just, like, leaning forward, being like, guys, let's talk about Christian. Yeah. No, that's that's a really good um, example of also just that um, not noticing the details, like, thinking through what's going on in this in your environment yeah, right yeah, now. Yeah, 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 yeah. Other thing, other criteria is doesn't listen to when spoken to. Um, and a good example of that is Earth to share. Come in, share. <laughs> like even when she's getting a name called, she's not paying attention. Yeah, and then she like, she comes to the front to like hit the tennis balls. And then she just like starts like ranting to like, <laughs> it's so fun. I don't know, it's just like, her mind is just jumping from thing to thing. And I love it. Yeah. And I think what that's kind of related to, which is another way why she's smart, but she, one of the criteria is avoids or is reluctant to do tasks with sustained mental effort over time. And this is just so well represented by the fact that instead of like just improving her grades on her report card, yeah, she yeah. decides to make two teachers fall in love with them, which Ooh. sounds harder, yes. but it's something she well, she finds easier to do. Yeah, something that she knows she can achieve. So she's yeah. finding a little. It's not a shortcut because again, it's probably harder in the long run. But like, but she's taking a different route, <laughs> and we love that. And also the fact that rather than focusing on her own shit, she prefers to help other people. Yeah, and like you know, making promises like, "Oh, I'll start a letter to support Congress or whatever," and to the other teachers. Like, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. She'll make. Yeah. Pretty empty promises yeah, she, rather yeah, than promises. just, yeah. I love, on. also, like, I love that debate is a fucking... Um, subject. Subject. Is it is it, like, kind of representing the fact that I live in Beverly Hills and there are probably, like, a lot of lawyers around because I don't know what other... Like, why do, you, why do you need debate as a subject? I don't know. Maybe that's, yeah, exclusive to Beverly Hills. Yeah. <laughs> All those kind of areas. Or maybe it's just an elective that, yeah, is in Australia, but not every school. Well, yeah, I did debating in high school. Yeah, nice. But I, it's you know, it surprises me that Cher isn't doing that well in the class because she's a good, she's good at debating. Yeah, but remember, Mr. Hall says her. <laughs> oh, her, yeah, her uh, uh, debates were unstructured. Yeah, unresearched, maybe. Unresearched, yeah. Oh, yeah, but no, okay, it's true. <laughs> and that's another thing I always found like I love writing essays, but like. I th- what I've realized is I really enjoyed doing the research aspect of it, but then getting to the writing and to actually like setting out a cohesive argument was really hard until I was medicated. Um, but she, she has the ideas there. She doesn't know how to put it into the, the format, you know, basically. So like, yeah, it's just yeah, the, it the prison sense. of school. Yeah. yeah it makes school. sense yeah. that that's where she fails. Like she's, she's got, she's got the strength of her arguments and she's mm. very, What's the word? She's got charisma to deliver them. She's very powerful. She's she's quick-witted. She's so powerful. But actually structuring them and putting Mm. the sustained mental effort that involves in actually structuring a debate Mm. is just Mm. not her forte. I think this should be called Clueless in the Prison of School. Oh, good idea. Yeah. The whole podcast should be called (laughs) (laughs) The Prison of School. The Prison of School. I get fired, though. (laughs) On that note, too, trouble organising tasks is another... Mm. criteria which just also makes sense for that but it also like the way she kind of compartmentalizes her life so it makes more sense like to be happy and successful you have to sit over here you can't sit with those people over there and Mm. 
um, this is how you dress and and I think that's also why she's single all the time is because it's too hard I, I, I can just focus on these things that's yeah. too much organization for me and she uses a computer to pick up clothes for her I know that was the first <laughs> note I wrote actually like it makes sense that she has a computer to pick out clothes because especially it's if she has that many clothes and she has ADHD impossible Exactly. Impossible. Because she also may lose things, which is another criteria, which she does once. She can't find that shirt. Yes, in her messy room. (laughs) In her messy room when she Um, wants to get a driving test done. And she has a messy room. Yeah, she, well, fuck. (laughs) Hello. Um, One thing that I did notice as well, though, because she has problems with organization unless she is hyper-focused on something, which Mm. we see her when what is what's she actually trying to organize it's like a oh, fundraiser like the Pismo for Pismo Beach disaster oh yeah Pismo Beach disaster um and I like I know I'm, it seems like I'm reading too much into this but honestly like watching her go crazy going through all the stuff in her house you know that little montage of her like grabbing things and collecting things like bitch she has ADHD like she's like <laughs> I've literally done that like you know you get obsessed with something and you, you, you like sort of fixated on a thing that you yeah. don't do now yeah and I know I know neurotypical people have that too when they'll get obsessed with something but this is like this happens a lot for me like mm. every month there's something new and I'll just spend like a good anyway boring um but yeah, and she, but she's really good. Like she's really great at organizing everything and taking charge when she's into it. Yeah, when when all the sort of things are in alignment and she yeah. is really into it. Yeah, the hyper focus, which is probably more the hyperactive impulsive oh, category. Sorry, we're crossing over. No, no, this, no, this is a good crossover. Okay. Um. Oh, I've meant to mention there's one last criteria: forgetful, which we've pretty much covered. Um, so for hyperactivity, and I wasn't sure if she met this criteria completely because you do need six. Um, six so out of need six? Six out of one, two, three, four, five, six, eight, nine criteria. She can't count. Nine. Six out of nine criteria. I don't know. I feel like the DSM needs to be updated a little bit because it doesn't really, like that hyperfocus doesn't really come into it as much, but it's such an important part of hyperactivity. Mm. And like going on a bit of a different tangent to learn rather than the sort of linear tangent. Yeah. Um, I think honestly, hyperfocus is one of the main reasons I was not diagnosed until an adult because I think it's something that would happen a lot to me. And someone like I genuinely was interested in a lot of the things I've always felt like I feel like I can make myself interested in most things. <laughs> that makes sense. But you know, there were things that I would be doing in school that I was generally interested in so I didn't do too badly at them yeah and maybe 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 Cher got through too by being hyper focused on stuff that she was mm. interested in as well like sort of manipulating people into getting her grades back up and stuff like mm. that yeah that's like a focus mm. in itself um but yeah the criteria for hyperactivity impulsivity first one is fidgets or squirms um I see her do too much of that she's just always like Flicking her hair or chewing her pencil in class, but like mm. so is everyone. And she yeah. does chew gum and like when she's doing a debate, she only takes it out for that and puts it back <laughs> in again. That's right. Yeah. It's like on the, on on the podium. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> on the podium. Yeah. It's like yellow, right? Is it yellow? Yeah. yeah I always, I always thought that, that was weird. Um, but also like a 
lot of the people in her class are yeah, doing probably stuff. have ADHD too. Yeah. Oh, Travis, I feel like is another AD- They're like kindred spirits, another ADHD yeah, character. Yeah, that's why yeah. They, they connect in the end. Yeah. Um, and when she's a bit nervous, she paces up and down outside her yeah. dad's office. But that's all I could really find. It's not that compelling for me. Not that compelling. So the next one is runs or climbs because again it's mostly yeah ch- child focused. Um, but then there's like a few criteria like leaves your seat all the time or blurts out things, which is kind of that impulsivity. She, I think of it back to Emma. Her character seems to be a lot more impulsive. Like she blurts things out. But yeah, I, and it gets her into trouble. She doesn't really blurt. Although she out. does like. I, I don't think she blurts things out, but she is quite impulsive. And then as soon as she wants to do something, she just does it. Like, oh, yeah. Like when they're at the dinner and she's on the phone to Dion mm. um, and Dion's talking to her, she just like immediately starts talking to Ty. And Dion's <laughs> she's like, hello. Other, hello. <laughs> <laughs> bitch, they wrote this for her. She's got ADHD, <laughs> bitch. Um, and even after getting her C on debate, she like immediately calls Dion, even though she's about to see her in literally two seconds. She's in the same class, yeah. (laughs) So, yeah, it's that sort of impulsive need. What I will say, actually, which I did, uh, took notice of, the two times we see her kind of like really feeling shit, she goes shopping straight after. Mm -hmm. And it's very much like dopamine-seeking behaviour. And that's, you know, that's how she's getting a dopamine hit. Like she goes, you know, I need to clear my head. And then she goes shopping. Yeah. Um, yeah. And, and also, I, I think that's kind of part of a sensory thing too. Like, because your head's always buzzing, mm. you need like a buzzy environment to feel yeah. relaxed, which yeah, is kind of sense what that she does. feels relaxed. Yeah. Because yes. it's a stimulant. Yes. yes. Mm-hmm. Um, and also, I will say, like, thrill seeking behavior, mm-hmm. um, which I honestly, as someone who has both types, I don't feel like I very do have very much thrill seeking behavior i do in some ways but i don't like roller coasters so um smoking is does that give you a thrill no (laughs) (laughs) no you're not you're not really very thrill seeking no Um, i don't know anyway but um like you know her spying on the teachers and kind of like i guess it's hard because she doesn't seem to have many boundaries at all because she is extremely rich (laughs) and privileged um, yeah yeah, but you know, like even her reckless driving is pretty like thrill-seeking behavior because she's speeding and just kind of. And I think that's a thing specifically for Cher in that she sort of expects someone's gonna like sort it out for her. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Because she manages to manipulate her teachers into giving her better grades. Like when she doesn't pass the test, she's like, "Isn't there something I can do? Can yeah. you just like let me get away with it?" And he's like, "Yeah." Nah. You can't do that because I'm the messiah mm. of the DMV. <laughs> so he's cancelled. He sucks. <laughs> give her a fucking like. No, she shouldn't. He's but, very rude know. to her. Yes. Um, also, a couple of criteria are being on the go and talking mm. excessively. And I'm not sure about. She doesn't like talk excessively, but she does think excessively. <laughs> she talks to us excessively, yeah. And she's very like witty in her retorts to Josh, like. She's yeah, they a, kind of have a little blah, 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 thing going on. Like, like she's always be... thinking that next step ahead. Yeah. Um, but also that sort of on the go, like when she's like chatting with Josh, doing her hair and then watching like, was it Beavis and Butthead or something? Mm. Yeah, she's like grooming herself and watching trash TV like like someone I know. 
Like, <laughs> and like me, actually. I do that too. I watch good TV sometimes while I'm grooming myself. But, you know, like, I think if I was to have a trait of ADHD, I kind of have to have something else happening when I watch something like, oh. you know, Keeping Up with the Kardashians or whatever. I have to be doing two things at once, yeah. Yeah. I can't sit down and do my makeup. That's extremely boring. That's why I have a hard time cooking because it's just cooking and it's just... Put a podcast on while you cook. I know I do, but then sometimes I can't find anything to listen to. I just, yeah, anyway. What about this podcast, Mel? Oh, there's only so many times I can listen to myself speak. (laughs) (laughs) So other bits of the criteria are like loud, having trouble waiting their turn or interrupting or intruding. And she doesn't really meet those that we have seen. Um, Maybe when she was a kid. (laughs) Probably. But I'm not a child and I still have those problems. So I don't know if this is an ADHD thing, but I think it is. Um, like I see similarities between you and Cher in that she's very charismatic and a really great talker and very socially popular and has lots of creativity and really great ideas. Um, (gasps) Oh my God. Thank you. (laughs) But also prefers to like help others rather than herself. I don't think that's an ADHD thing. I think it's just a being a really good person, <laughs> i.e. me. But it's that kind of creativity and that char- charisma that sort of helps you and her mask some of those mm. other things. Like yeah, you yeah, kind yeah. of get away with stuff that other kids you aren't as good as masking wouldn't get away with. Mm, maybe. Like what? Like lying. <laughs> oh, my God. I'm not saying you lie. Oh. You did lie when you were little. <laughs> child you like too I'm sure I'm sure I did too um but you know there's this there's some porkies that she tells um Mm. to get her way and Mm. it works for her but also because she's in a position of privilege as well like I know they didn't write her to have ADHD even though we keep saying she well I keep saying she did but I think yeah her lying is supposed to demonstrate the fact she's a Beverly Hills airhead what is Mm. um what does Josh call her? Uh, Valley girl. No. Oh, a space cadet. Yeah. He uses the word space cadet. But a lot fair. of kids get called that when they have ADHD. Yeah, because she's not. She's very smart. And her and Josh are having intellectual conversations. Like, mm-hmm. is that all? What's How many more criteria? That's like? it. That's all of them. So I'm not sure if she was there anything else that you picked up on. It does give me ADHD vibes and just that, like, she's got the finger on the pulse of everything. She just, like, she's just... It's like her fingers she, are in all the pies. Yeah, and I think I've written like her brain and her body body are being run like a motor. Like she's just constantly like on the go, on the go. Yeah, zipping around. Yeah, it's an ADHD yeah. thing. Yeah, yep, yep, yep. There's also there's one bit. Um, she doesn't know what she wants to do with her life. Um, yeah, she Josh doesn't have says, direction. Like, she doesn't have direction, but also she's a teenager. I like, know. Like if you have direction, I, she's not even. I don't think she's in her senior year. Like. I think she's like You're normal. 16. Mm. She's 16 or 15? I think she's turning 16. Yeah, so like, you know. Because Ty says, I'll be 16 in May. So yeah, I think that's totally fair. I wouldn't call that an ADHD thing. Also, I think that's just shitty. It's like there's this idea, especially in high school, that you're supposed to have an idea of what you're going to do. Like I feel like not having direction shouldn't be an ADHD trait. It's just a human trait. It's bullshit. And like Capitalism. She's... Whatever she decides to do, she'll be fine because she's got yeah. a very rich dad. She doesn't need to do anything. She doesn't need to do anything. Exactly. No, no. She, I, obviously, I can't imagine her not doing something, but, like, I don't think that's abnormal at all. No, 
No. And also Josh is in college, like university. So of course he has direction. Um, I just want to like segue from accuracy and just because we're like imposing a diagnosis onto a character where it is not spoken about at all. I was looking up articles and I came across this article from 2009 in the Guardian by Shirley Dent and it's called 12 years ago how insane is that (laughs) obviously it's not up to date but anyway no just like 2009 was 12 years ago that's insane it's weird that you can even find articles that old anyway it's not that old um (laughs) it's called don't diagnose fictional characters and it's like can you just not read symptoms into novels and it's specifically about jane austen because Oh, there was a critical study of Jane Austen's Pride and Prejudice, which was published at, in 2007, which offered an alternative explanation for Mr. Darcy's, like, manner, which is very, you know, disdain, so you have distaste. Autism. autism. That's what they're suggesting, okay. yeah. Um, like, maybe he did have autism, um, but they're like, can you just, this, this author's like, you should, we shouldn't apply medical definitions to literary Im- interpretations, because it doesn't help us understand the books better. The books aren't about that. Their books are about, you know, um, society in as much as it's about an individual. Um, and, like, it talks about alienation. And, like, people are interpreting these stories as alienation being a description of autism when really it's about society. Um, I'm very much doing a bad job of summarizing this article no i know what you mean but also isn't like like literature (laughs) and like you know pieces of media open to interpretation like can't you why can't we diagnose characters i'm okay with it (laughs) it's the whole purpose of our podcast and i just feel like if something was set you know like what's it 1800s 1900s i don't fucking know they clearly didn't have words to describe no these traits i think like autism was kind of something that was popping up but yeah they didn't have a diagnostic you know profile Mm. of it and definitely not ADHD um and I just feel like she like this author is saying there's no point in in doing this Mm. um and it's you know Darcy's Darcy not because he's autistic but because his reserve and restraint are what an early 19th century female author admired and like maybe like maybe it's the product of the time and what was considered desirable undesirable in a man but also autism was there then too so why couldn't well, yeah. you have, aut- have like autism in- inferring that it didn't exist then it's like well she's inferring that it somehow taints the the book and like doesn't um just mean a character is just a character but like that's suggesting that that's a bad thing that he would yeah have that's suggesting that having a mental illness isn't desirable or good or like yeah un- well it's specifically undesirable exactly and a few people commented on the article and some were like yeah if you're going too far deep maybe but I think there's benefit and then there was a couple that were like you know I s- I read a story about someone who reminds is a bit like me from that time and that makes me feel empowered and validated. Yeah. So fuck you. <laughs> and also it's fun. I don't know. I'm enjoying it. Like <laughs> I know. I don't want to stop just because Shelly Shelley, Shelley Dent said so. 
<laughs> like if everything you watch, you're going to diagnose people with a disorder or a mental illness. Sure. But like, that's kind of what I do now. But yeah, no, it's not. <laughs> no, it's not. But also let's diagnose everyone in succession. You oh know. my god! Oh my god! We have to do a whole episode, right? <laughs> or maybe well, like a, a character per episode. I think they're all just um narcissists. Yeah. Mm. <laughs> but yeah, I just I came across that, and it was like, Sturf, don't do this episode on this person." And I was like, "Tough." I'm Fuck gonna you, fucking article. do it. I'm gonna fucking do it. But I'm glad you've done that. So you you have like you have the hypothetical someone being like, "Stop," so you can be like, "No, I'm gonna do it." You know. Yeah. I just feel like it's a bit ableist to be like there's no benefit or use of diagnosing fictional characters, mm. especially when they're that, you know, written in a time where those things didn't exist. Like, mm. are you serious? How could there yeah. not be a benefit in that? Like, yeah. It you're helps just you understand. dismissing that that could be a possibility. It's yeah. just, I don't know, shit. But given that, like, you know, Emma was written in the 1800s and at the time any women – who were considered a little like difficult or hysterical, they would have been sent to an asylum. So <laughs> it would have been hard to find books that were written about people like that because they're all kind of locked away and forgotten about. Let's talk about stereotypes. How do you feel about Sharon Josh, Steffi? How do you feel about them? It's complicated. Mm. Because mm. they were only siblings for a short time. Mm. I know, I know. That's the bit. Oh, no, 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 no. You know, <laughs> and he does refer to her to his like girlfriend or whatever at the time as M- Merv's daughter. Mel- Mel's, Mel's Mel's daughter. Sorry, Merv's <laughs> Mel's daughter. Yeah. Well, he doesn't say like my sister. No, no. Or my ex stepsister or whatever. Yeah. And she just calls him Josh. Mm. Um. So I don't think they see each other as siblings. No. But the age gap. So how much the older do we? I, I don't know about the age gap. She might she might have been of age. So Oh what legal age in America. I don't know what's well, legal age in America. I don't know. What's legal 16? age in Australia? It's eighteen in the US. Mm. So you okay. know, it's a little bit mm, based on the laws, but um mm. it's still weird. It's still it weird. Is, it's a bit funny. It's a bit funny. I guess the, like, we don't have the context of what their relationship was like, but it seems to be that he does hang around a bit. Like, he, when Josh is there, she's just kind of, like, when he, when he, Mel says, <laughs> um, you know, Josh is going to be here, and she's just kind of like, oh, why? Like, he's obviously been around before. Yeah, yeah. Like, I don't know. Yeah, they have, they've, they know each other pretty well. Yeah, yeah. And they're very yeah. relaxed around each other. So there mm. is kind of a closeness that isn't, that is a family closeness there. So it is a bit weird. And it, it's weird that there's no, like, uproar about it in the family. And his dad kind of even – her dad kind of even encourages it. Like, go to the party, yeah. go to the party. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But at the same time, okay, so, like, maybe – like, so they're only married – how long were they married for, the, the Mel and his mum? We don't know. I don't remember. Okay, say so it was, like, six months. <laughs> what? <laughs> That's it. I don't know. And, like, so they're married for, like, six months and – but how long do they date for, you know? I don't know. Maybe, but, okay, so maybe, like, say they, if, even if they lived together, maybe it wasn't, like, they never saw each other as siblings. So it was just kind of, like, yeah. living with a boy who wasn't your sibling. I don't know. I'm and, you sure. know, it's been in, in other shows and stuff where 
the parents get together and the kids are, are together as well. Gossip girl. Gossip girl. Gossip, Gossip girl. girl. Anything else? Nothing. Sex education. <laughs> um, they're dating each other for a while. And... But also that kind of like the two, they in this case, the parents very much like precede their relationship. Like in those two examples, at least they're kind of like, it's a bit funny. It's a bit funny. And in, it's a bit funny. And in Emma. Are they actually related? So her sister the... gets married and he's his brother. So they're not related at all. I feel like we probably, look, if we're going to give this movie one criticism and one criticism only, we could have written them in a way that they weren't brother and sister. Easily. Yeah. Um, I don't know what the plot would have been, but, you know, he could have been fun neighbour who was also oh, interested yeah. in... Yeah, older neighbour, older neighbour who comes around sometimes and maybe um, Mel has taken him in under his wing or something. Yeah. Look. Yeah, yeah. And that's, you know, they grew up next door together, so yeah. she finds him annoying. Yeah. I Isn't feel it? like I tend to have very, like, a lot of criticisms about the films that I've done, but I don't seem to have many about this one. And that, guys, so well, that's the only one. What is that it? Is that it for you? No, there's some others. Okay, go on. <laughs> Um, Cher says the R word. Yeah, she does. It's very bad. It's funny. It kind of jarred me. I was like, oh my God. Right. She yeah. Says really I, d- I forgot about that too. And I was like, oh my God. Um, yeah. and I she guess says that's... it to a teacher as well. And he's like, yeah, it's fine. But you know, that, that was definitely a product of its time too. And I'm yes. sure I said the R word when I watched this movie. Not mm. at the time of watching the movie, but you, you know, watched I was in... The, like last week when you watched this. <laughs> Was it last week? I think I was in like grade six. So, you know, we all used lots of terrible words that we Old thought were fun. Old enough to know better. Yes. Yeah. No, so obviously if Amy Hecklin were making a movie now, she'd hopefully have learned from using the R word. Any other stereotypes that you'd like to mention? Obviously the stereotype is that she is Beverly Hills. Um, dits with the know, credit card. Dits with the credit card. You know, it doesn't have anything going on inside her head. But well, I like the, this movie because it kind of subverts the idea because she does, has just a lot of agency in the movie. She drives the story and she talks, like she, she, she ends up achieving a lot. I don't feel like that's, it's a, it, it presents us with that stereotypes, but then it, just a little flip flop. Yeah, I think we've we've well, I've said many times. I don't think she is dumb. I think she's and it's very um smart. good to mention too. Amy Heckling wasn't when she tried to get this movie made. They wanted her to cut out lots of the female characters because there's too many girls oh, really? in it. Oh. Um, so the fact it eventually did get made the way she wanted it to is pretty amazing for the mm. time. And you know she is the main character, and it definitely passes the Bechdel test. Yeah. A million times over, so. But it all that like I feel does like subvert main, that stereotype a little yeah, bit. Yeah, the main characters, I guess Josh is the main character, but I feel like Cher, Dion, and Ty are like the the thruple. You know, they, yeah, they're Josh the main isn't drivers. even in it for that long. No, he isn't really. The, but the boys, yeah, and I even like how she's like, I'm not dating a high school boy. Like, I just like that she doesn't date. I think that's cute. It's pretty good. Um, one stereotype I find a little bit. It's. Like, it's made fun of in the film, but it is worth noting there's lots and lots of white affluent privilege in it. Mm-hmm. Um, and like I said before, if she wasn't so privileged and rich, she probably wouldn't get away with quite as much. She'd be more of a problem teenager. Yes, um, yes. You know, like, if 
teachers did want to say, hey, Cher's really fucked up, they probably wouldn't because, like, her dad. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> they wouldn't want yeah, to deal yeah. with her dad. Yeah, it's just easier to, like, gossip girl, you know, we know. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like, you don't mess with these teenagers, they've got power over you, oh, teachers, God. humble teachers. Do you think this is a helpful movie or a harmful movie and why? Like, I'm going to say it's a helpful movie. Uh, the representation of, like, privilege and being rich and that could be seen as unhelpful, but the fact that it's the joke. Yeah, the it's obviously the joke. Yeah. Um, I don't mind parody, that. parody, really. But I just like that. I like that a female is at the centre of the plot and I like that, you know... Cher puts her mind to things and she achieves them and sometimes doesn't quite work out. And she's also, like, a very, like, the way they treat Ty, like, she's one of the popular, like, you know, really popular girls at the school, or most mm. popular, whatever. But she, you know, takes in this, you know, girl that doesn't look like everyone else. She's She could be a farmer in those clothes, you know, like, <laughs> you know. Um, and, like, really, like, genuinely, like, embrace her and her and Dion just, like, become really close. I just think it's really sweet. Like, I... I like that she's not bitchy. Yeah. Like, yeah. I, I do think that how she decides she's going to help Ty is kind of judgy. It is. And, and it's very vapid. And, yes. Like, this is what I think you need, which is also conveyed in Emma because she mm. decides this is what you need and she's wrong. Um, but in Clueless, I feel like she it's from more from a, a more genuine place. Yeah. And yeah. she feels bad about it and then apologizes. And, mm. but, and she, like, she's... She's jealous of Ty when she gets popular, but she doesn't want to try and knock her off her pedestal. She doesn't do any yeah. gossip girl bullshit. She's not trying to, like, dethrone her or whatever. But I I also like the fact of the privilege and the, the money and the shopping is kind of, like, harmful. But it's not really because it's also kind of feminist. Like, it's not questioned that she likes to go shopping all the time because she can do what she wants with her mm. money and put make her body look however she wants. Mm. Um, but at the same time, like, she doesn't, throughout the movie, she doesn't really learn anything about her own privilege. Like, she gets the guy, she gets her friends, she doesn't really lose anything, like, she kind of no. decides to be more um, charitable and stuff, but it's like she doesn't really lose anything out of... She doesn't make any sacrifice. No, not really. But, she kind of just yeah. gets it all in the end. Yeah, yeah, so, yeah. But having said that, like anyone who watches this movie doesn't watch that and go, oh, well, I'm jealous of Cher. They all, yeah. Everyone roots for Cher, so clearly they've yeah. done it right. Well, yeah, and it, I guess the, the, the movie is like a, it's just a, it's like light and fluffy. Yeah, like it's, and it's, it's wholesome not, in the end. Yeah, because I think from the beginning we don't really want her to see her downfall. I don't know. Like, she's a lovable character in the first place, so we're like... She does fail her driving lesson, though. Death yeah, test. that's true. She doesn't... She's a virgin who can't drive still yeah, at the end exactly. of the movie. <laughs> yeah. One thing I wondered, though, would it have been helpful for someone to say, Cher, I think you have ADHD. <laughs> Maybe... Well, you should get assessed. Like, not necessarily get medication or anything, because I don't even think she necessarily needs it, but... No, she seems to be thriving, on clearly. <laughs> maybe she needs something for driving. <laughs> she yeah, may kill maybe someone. She, maybe she shouldn't drive. She's a... Anyway. Um, <laughs> <laughs> repeat it again. Um, yeah, no, I think so. I think so. She does have, like, uh, fountains of resources at her disposal. Um, she 
would probably get through life pretty fucking well without a diagnosis anyway because yeah. everything's fine. Um, and, like, I don't know, even know if Amy Heckling and then, you know, thousands of years ago... Thousands? Hundreds of years ago. <laughs> Jane Austen. I don't think... <laughs> <laughs> she was. I don't think they wrote this going ADHD. No, but, I don't think they did. But you know, someone could see this movie go, "Oh my gosh, she's just like me," but she's coasting. And look at all the support around her. I don't have all those things. I'm not mm. coasting. Mm. This sucks. But there's nothing we can do about that. <laughs> like, there's no way shit they could have improved the movie because it's not about ADHD. <laughs> yeah. We've just pushed this. They haven't been irresponsible. I just... It's just a a way the movie could have gone, maybe. I really like the movie. It's great. It's a great watch. I like the movie. Just just bloody good. Yeah. Did you know that Alicia Silverstone got body shamed in... When she played Batgirl in Batman and Robin? Oh, that's another thing. But what for? Like, she's perfect. I don't know, but they called her Fat Girl. (laughs) What? Like... What? Let what? me have a look at her. Were we really that shit in the 90s? Steph, Steph, we still are. We were. <laughs> we still are. Bad girl, fat shaming, Alicia Silverstone. I don't understand. She looks... Who called her a fat girl? It was in the Guardian article I read. I'll, I'll put it in the episode notes. Oh, here we go. It opens up about being body slammed. Body slammed. <laughs> so let's go through our scores okay well i don't know if we should score this one really because i don't know if we should actually a movie that purports to talk about something so let's just fuck scoring today (laughs) i want to give it five out of five for a delightful time a delightful time and i just i very i really relate to share and it took me this long to realise it because I didn't see myself as the most popular girl in school and a preppy, skinny little thing, as mum would you say. You know what? And it's helpful to see a portrayal of a popular girl who isn't a fucking bitch. Yeah. Yeah. She can be bitchy she at times. Be... But you don't really see... Oh, she doesn't like... She doesn't like the stoners. But she comes around she, to the stoners she's, yeah, 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 yeah. That's kind of like the only, it's the only time I get off the top of my head I can remember her being like a real bitch. And I think the the main theme with that one and Emma is that she's actually genuinely a a very kind person, Mm. but Mm. she makes mistakes. Yes. And you know what? That's what ADHD is like. Uh, No, not everyone with ADHD is kind. No, but it's like, this is your personality, but ADHD gets in the freaking way of it. It really does. And, you know, I talk about it like it's a blessing and stuff, but it's really debilitating. It really is fucking hard. And I know there's kind of been like an oversaturation of ADHD ADHD recently. Everyone's hearing about it. And it's also, it seems almost desirable to have, but it's fucking not like... Well... I think we've come to the conclusion that Clueless is great. Yeah. <laughs> Except for the R word. Except for the R word. And Fuck we're that. a bit iffy about the stepsisters and stuff. The, the siblings. Yeah. The R word, the siblings, and the privilege. But we forgive it. Yeah. Just this once. We forgive and we forget. No, we forgive but we don't forget. Thanks for joining me on the podcast, Maz. That's okay. <laughs> <laughs> Anytime. 
We'll see. I'll see you um, in two minutes. Yeah. Oh, of course. Yes. For a bonus episode. Oh my god, guys! You have to subscribe to Patreon subscribe. so you can hear more of my voice. Subscribe to Patreon so you can hear Maz talk. Um, and don't forget to follow us on our Instagram if you haven't already, and TikTok. Mm. And please send us a little tiny review on Apple Podcasts or whatever you use if you yeah. can. Fuck That'll yeah. be lovely. I'll, I'll write a review. Do it. That's a bit yeah. biased, but do it I anyway. love Maz. She's so hot. She's hot. I can tell. She's sexy. I want to marry her. Okay. Okay, bye. 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 <laughs>